0: Welcome to our podcast. I'm Daphne. And I'm Gina. And this is This
1: Week in Skating. This episode is our look back at our favorite and memorable moments of 2022. We also have your favorite and memorable moments of 2022 as well. So we're going to take a little trip down memory lane As we look back on the great year that was 2022 and move forward to the new year of 2023.
0: I know. And I think now that I know we're going to do this and it will probably be an annual thing. I am definitely going to keep track throughout the year. Yeah. Of what my favorites are. Because it's really hard to go back and think when you've seen so much skating. Mm Mm-hmm. It's hard to go back and remember every single thing. So I thought of things that just popped into my head when I think of favorite or memorable performances.
1: Yeah. And it was also hard, too, when I was going back and thinking of things. I was thinking of the season which was 2021-2022 and we really were focusing on the just the year of 2022. So maybe maybe next year we'll do it just on the season that was. I don't know, mm-hmm. but it was there were some things I was thinking about. I was like, "Oh, I really liked that." And you're going to hear one of them. Um but it was in 2021 and you'll hear how I work it as a memorable moment of 2022. But, yeah, there was just, you know, sometimes I was thinking, oh, yeah, that was a highlight. And I'm like, oh, wait, but that wasn't 2022. It was 2021 in the fall season. So, but, yeah, I definitely, like you said, Daphne, write things down now. (laughs) Now, you know, the new year I'm going to start. Okay, if that was something I enjoyed, I'm going to write it down so I remember. So that way, when we do this episode at the end of 2023, I will be able to really remember a lot of the the moments that I've enjoyed.
0: So we're going to go through this and Gina and I are going to do ours first and then we're going to read some that we got from listeners who submitted them. Yes. So Gina why don't you kick us off?
1: I'm going to start with one of my favorite moments of 2022 that may be one that not a lot of people think about or remember but this one just always sticks out to me, but I'm going back to last January at the U.S. Championships with Gracie Gold's short program. And if you were in Nashville, you remember, um, or if you were at home and watched it, you remember that Gracie had one of her best short programs. And how why this one really sticks out to me is we all know the struggle that Gracie has had in in her return to coming back to competition. And she, um, she just delivered one of her best short programs. And where I was sitting in Nashville along where the media was, it got to be, she had finished her last, um, jumping pass. And so she knew she had skated well and skated clean. And I believe she was going into her, either her um, foot. I don't remember where she was in the program, but she came over, um, by where we were kind of sitting. And so we were really close. We were right behind the boards and her face just lit up. It was a smile that I don't remember seeing from Gracie in a, you know, recently, and it was just, it brought back you know, old Gracie skating. It just, she was just so happy and it brought me almost to tears. Um, I got up and her agent, um, Tara Maudlin was sitting two rows behind me and I literally got up, went over to her and because of COVID, I couldn't give Tara a big hug. I just, and Tara's bawling and I just said, oh my God, that was incredible. And then um, we went to talk to Gracie after her short program and it was, she was so, so happy. Um, but that sticks out to me. I know a lot of people don't probably remember it. Um, but I mean, we were in the media, we're all like, Gracie has a chance of possibly making the Olympic team at this point. Um, she didn't have a great free skate, you know, but her that short program, uh, just was, it was incredible. And I was so glad to be there to see it. And so that was one of my favorite moments of 2022.
0: All right. Well, moving on to mine, I want to talk about, we were all focused on Nathan Chen and the Han Hanyu friendly rivalry that um, was taking place at the Olympics and performances were great. However, I wanted to point out that a highlight for me were the programs from Yuma Kagiyama of Japan, his performances at the Winter Olympics where he won the silver medal.
1: I just enjoy watching his skating.
0: Yes, me too. I remember back at Skate America, we were taught we were so excited. When his name popped up on the roster, because we both wanted to see him skate in person, his performances this year at Nationals did not qualify him to even be able to go to Worlds. But he's still recovering from an injury. But there's something joyous about his skating. And I feel like it all came to fruition with what he put out at the Winter Olympics. Mm -hmm. It was just... Beautiful joy, yes, and yes. it's I'll always remember it mm
1: mm-hmm. well, another f- favorite performance of mine um going to back to nationals here. Was Jason Brown's Sinnerman short program? Um, seeing it at Nationals was my first time getting to see it in person. I mean, we got to see it a little bit before Nationals, um, and so when when I got to see it in person, is just incredible, and it's one of my favorites. So uh, yeah, so that was getting to finally see it in person was um, something I was looking forward to and it, and it just delivered. And I think some other people agreed with that as well, that uh, Jason Brown's Cinnamon program was a highlight of 2022.
0: So for my next one, I want to point out the resilience of the Ukrainian team at the 2022 World Championships. This competition was about a month after the start of the war in ukraine and i know that other skaters encouraged at least nazarova and nikitin to come to the world championships in france um they got a lot of love and support but to see the five skaters together at this competition it was Ivan morocco Alexandra Nazarova, Maxim Nikitin, Sofia Holichenko, and Artem Dorensky—they were a solid unit at this competition. Everything was so uncertain for them, but for them to show up at this competition and and make this stand together, to me, it was just so impactful. I also thought that. Nazarova and Nikitin creating this special rhythm dance for this event. They switched from their rhythm dance previously, which was Hit the Road Jack. They changed and skated to Jamala's 1944 and Oi Uluzi Cervona Kalina by The Kifnis and Andrii Um They worked with Hugo Schwenard to get the music pulled together. They skated in their team uniforms. In a T-shirt and pants, Ivan Shmarako did the same thing. That is how he competed. Now Shmarako was the only one to complete the competition. Nazarov and Nikitin and Holochenko and Jarensky withdrew after the short program rhythm dance. Um, Nazarov and Nikitin said they um, they didn't feel comfortable doing their free dance knowing everything that was going on in their country. Um, so they did not do that. And I just felt like the world embraced them at this competition. And not only the world, but their fellow competitors.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: It was really moving and touching. And it's something that stands out to me for the entire season because it's still going on. hmm so I hope that we will all continue to hold them in our hearts as things move forward, because I know that although the ice dancers have retired, the others are still continuing and it, it's still and the war is still raging. Mm-hmm. So it, it's just such a difficult time. I didn't want to bring us all down. I wanted to like focus on the resilience because yes, this is incredible and it it takes me back to some photos that Melanie sent me from the Winter Olympics. There seemed to be such a weight on Nazarova and Nikitin while they were competing there. And, of course, the Olympics close and then the war starts. So it, it's just, it's very impactful. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
1: Well, you know, Daphne, when we were thinking about the memorable moments of twenty twenty two. This one was like, Oh yeah, this is one of mine and then I realized, oh wait, it happened in twenty twenty one. So I'm gonna mention it, but I'm gonna how I'm gonna mention it is how it really is twenty twenty two. Um Vincent Joe won his first gold medal at a Challenger Series event in Nebelhorn in 2021. And he won Cranberry Cup as well Um, in August of 2021. He was really having a really good season. And then he won his first Grand Prix gold medal Um, at Las Vegas. I was there at Skate America. He beat Nathan Chen in Shomo Ono. Okay. All that happened in 2021. And that was where I was thinking, oh, he won his first Grand Prix gold in 2022, no nope, 2021. But then of course, you know, he's on this great high of this season. And then of course, we all know what happened at the Olympics where he tests positive for COVID and wasn't able to compete. He was able to skate at the exhibition. However, he was not able to march in the closing ceremonies again with COVID. Um, but what, how he was able to turn that heartache at the Olympics, he won his second world bronze medal um, at Worlds. And that was just a moment that was um, memorable for me because I saw how well he was skating at the beginning of the season And then, um, then, you know, to have that heartache at the Olympics. Now he did get to compete in the team event and he's of course waiting for, um, a medal with the rest of the U S team, but he just didn't get to compete in the individual event, but then to go out at worlds and to get the bronze medal, um, it was just great for him to turn that heartache around and have a good ending to his season so yeah that just his season in general is memorable to me I think it was just you know from a high to low and to then back up to a high Um, it just stands out to me
0: that competition was also the source of another favorite moment of mine and we got to see Shoma Uno finally ascend to the top spot of the podium Mm -hmm. for the first time Mm -hmm. Um, That podium has been dominated by Yuzuru Hanyu and Nathan Chen for a long time. And so to finally see Shoma have the opportunity to take the top step after um, being kind of in the shadows for a
1: few years, it was incredible. Well, this one wasn't um, one specific moment but a memorable p- program for me was olivia smart and adrian diaz zorro free dance i just enjoyed that free dance every time i saw it and they got to do it at the olympics um but yeah that was just as we i think we've mentioned in the podcast that was kind of like they're really like coming out to me that was just It really, you know, I don't know. I just strong performances from them with that free dance. And I really enjoyed it. And I think some people who maybe weren't as familiar with Olivia and Adrian enjoyed that program as well. So, yeah. So that was just a memorable program for me.
0: I think with Olivia and Adrian, they were just really hitting their stride. Mm -hmm. Last season, they accomplished so much. And set some new benchmarks for Spanish ice dance. And I'm interested to see if anyone can can match that Um, because it's, I mean, eighth at the Olympics is the highest for a Spanish ice dance team. So it's it's pretty amazing. I'm not sure that that's a benchmark that's going to be achieved um, at any time in the near future. Um, they're in a rebuilding phase. Now that they finally have two spots at Worlds, they're in this rebuilding phase. And I think that uh, Sarah Hurtado and Kirill Kalyavin are working with the younger teams in Spain to really build a, a cool program. Mm-hmm. So I want to bring up... Um, Gabriella Papadakis and Guillaume Cizeron's Rhythm Dance that was set to Whacking, which is um, a a style of dance, and they incorporated something different. I think that it was the first time that something like that had been done, and I appreciate that they went out there and did something a little bit different than everyone else, and it was successful. Um, They stood on the top of the Olympic podium, for the first time in their careers.
1: Yes. Um I'm it's not a skating moment, but I want to say that I was really excited that I got to go back to Stars on Ice um this spring. Um I think I've mentioned it before. I've been going to Stars on Ice shows since I was a little kid. I remember my mom standing outside in frigid western New York weather um waiting to get tickets um that doesn't happen nowadays but you know I remember that and I've always shared um the show with my mom and so we got to go back to Stars on Ice this season the tour kicked off after a two-year absence um And we got to go. We went to Hershey. We drove down to Hershey for that. And it was great just to be able to watch some show performances again and just to bring back that tradition that my mom and I have. So I was glad Stars on Ice was back this year and some of the other shows um, that took place this year as well that. um, Yeah, so glad that we are having shows again. That was a highlight of definitely 2022.
0: Yes, I like that we're getting back to not the way things were, but the way things are going to be. Mm-hmm. I feel like we're moving towards something that might be a hybrid of the old and the new.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, I personally loved getting back to Lake Placid with everyone this year. Yes, that it was, was a was favorite so memory fun. of mine, too so much fun it had been since 2019 a lot had changed a lot was going on with the construction it was just fun to get back to photographing skating in a beautiful arena in a place that was familiar being with friends hanging out and uh we got to award some medals of our (laughs) own to our photographers who went to the olympics Um, It was kind of a little surprise that we did for them because, you know, it was a rite of passage, but it was also such a a wonderful accomplishment for Danielle and Robin and Melanie. Um, Danielle and Robin had been before, but Melanie had not. So this was a huge accomplishment and we definitely wanted to celebrate it. Lake Placid is always full of fun memories for me. This year, one of the things that happened is we got to learn a little bit more about the costuming process behind Ava Pate and Logan Bye's Free Dance to River Dance. Um, we just happened where we were set up. They were hanging out and we were able to talk to them more about how they made her dress and the evolution of the costumes and what was to come. Um, I really enjoyed that a lot. Um, And again, Gina, you and me and Anne and Robin and Melanie and Jordan, it was so great to just all be together. And we rented a house together.
1: (laughs) Yeah, that was a lot of fun. So
0: that was a lot of fun. It was just great to get back to the magic, Mm -hmm. I guess, of Lake Placid. And I know we weren't the only ones because a lot of the competitors were happy and parents were happy too, to be back to a place that was familiar.
1: Yeah, I was just glad to be back there because I have been not going as long as you have, but have been going the past couple of years. And it was nice to see the changes that have been made and, and the work that was still going on. Um, So I'm looking forward to when we go back this summer Um, that we'll get to see the finished changes. I hopefully I'll get to see it maybe a little bit before next summer with the World Synchros there in the end of March. Um but yeah it was actually I had you know I talked to Ava and Logan and it was my first kind of normal interview. Um I had done interviews at Stars on Ice but we were all kind of masked up and still kind of keeping our distance because there was some COVID going on during the tour, but for um, Lake Placid, it was a little more relaxed. Uh, Ava and Logan and I were sitting, you know, in a circle. We did not have masks on, and um, that was great. And then I got to talk to Simon Snippier, Um and him and I just kind of were, you know, sitting next to each other, and it was a very, you know, and, and didn't feel like it had been at Nationals, where I was such a distance away from the skaters. This was... Me getting to sit with the skaters in a chair right next to them, having a conversation. And I've missed that because it's, you know, with COVID, we were keeping our distance to protect one another. And I really like when it's this was just us being able to sit down one on one and, and, you know, and not be so concerned about health you know, and COVID and all of that. It was just, it was nice to have that. So that was another thing, like, plus it kind of felt like I was being brought back to normal. And I felt that once we, you know, too, with Skate America was a little bit better in that sense, too, um, that we didn't have so many restrictions um, like it was at Nationals in Nashville.
0: Yeah, it started to feel more normal. And I agree. I'm enjoying that events are less restricted. Of course, I'm happy to mask again Mm -hmm. if that, if there's a spike or something changes.
1: Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And if any skater was to ever say to me, you know, I don't feel comfortable sitting this close or could you mask up? Of course, I'm always willing to do anything. I just, it was nice knowing what we went through at nationals in Nashville, um, just a few months later to kind of have a more relaxed feel that we weren't afraid you know to be a little bit closer than what we were and again I'm you know I'm I enjoy doing interviews in a comfortable setting um and I felt at nationals it was just it was weird I'm just gonna say it It was very (laughs) weird it was a very weird nationals that could be a favorite you know memorable moment definitely um so I was just went Lake Placid um it was just felt like we were getting back to a normal kind of situation. And, and so I'm hoping that continues, but you know, if, if we have to get back to, you know, masking up and in keeping distance, I'm, you know, willing and um, able to do that. And of course health is still a priority. We still have, um, you know, COVID is still out there. It's not like it's totally gone away, but um, just the feeling of things kind of getting back to normal has been nice. So.
0: It really has. And I remember, and this goes back to nationals, we were really in this bubble of our own downstairs in the media area. And we had to be tested every few days. Mm -hmm. And what was amazing, Gina, is your mom was one of the volunteers (laughs) because she's a nurse and she just made the entire testing process less intense and less stressful Mm -hmm. because... The test that I remember when Ann and I went in to do testing, the test was a different one than I'd ever seen because I had taken a bunch of, you know, home tests before, but these tests, they were in boxes. They were a little more complicated than the ones I had been used to. And your mom really helped us um, get things worked out. Ann and I, you know, were able to get through it. I Nationals in Nashville was... It's such a moment in itself because Mm -hmm. there was a one day, it's a beautiful, sunny day. The (laughs) next day, it's a blizzard. Um, And there's no Ubers. So Ann and I trucked down a hill, basically, bring dragging our bags (laughs) with us. And it was just a lot to deal with,
1: Mm -hmm.
0: you know, and it was quite an experience. And again, with the U.S. championships coming up in a couple of weeks, I'm hoping for a Nationals that feels a little bit more normal.
1: Yes. And I'm also hoping it's a Nationals where we don't have the withdrawals that we saw. I mean, every day it yes. was somebody else was testing positive for COVID and wasn't able to compete. I mean, you we had an Olympic team announcement with people on Zoom because, you know, Brandon yeah. Frazier and Alyssa Liu both tested positive for COVID and but then were named to the Olympic team and and the press conferences were held with them on Zoom. And so it was so weird. And I mean I was nervous with the testing as well. Daphne, I know my mom was very helpful and she she, you know, enjoyed putting on her nurse hat while she was at Nationals and helping out with the testing, but it was nerve wracking because We literally had to turn in our credential and the only way we could get our credential back is if we had a negative test. So you didn't know Mm -hmm. if you sat down and you took that test, if you tested positive and it was like, okay, you test positive, you're not going back to nationals. How are you getting yourself home? Um, where are you going next? So it was scary, yeah, um, and frightening. And so, um, I'm just glad that I think hopefully we won't be having to do that in a couple weeks in San Jose and we can have a more normal nationals. We can see people, uh, you know, and say hello and be a little bit more out there and open. Um, because as we've mentioned before, nationals is like a big reunion, it's that event every year that, um, everyone's you know a lot of people go to that's their event and um so it's our event we go every year so looking forward to um that in a couple weeks and but yeah if that's a memorable moment nationals in 2022 i did buy the mask that had nationals on it because i was like that was the nationals of the mask i need to have one of those to remember it by um so yeah
0: yeah it It was an experience. And then, like you said, the contrast to how things were at Skate America, it was much different and better, I think. I mean, we we hugged each other. People were (laughs) hugging. It was like the first reunion after a long off time. It was just great to be able to be together and talk and and, and hug. You know, getting to hug was just such a big deal. One of the things I also really liked is, you know, departures and teams giving it or skaters giving it another year. Of course, we saw Madison Hubbell and Zachary Donahue do kind of like a farewell tour throughout their final season as a team at each competition. Um, It was their last Mm -hmm. of... Uh, So we got to see a lot of that. Um, But then we also got little surprises, like we weren't really sure what Keegan Messing was going to do, but he's decided to give it this final season. Plus Gillis and Poirier and Chalk and Bates in the dance world. What are they going to do? Well, they each decided they're staying in for now. Not sure if it's going to be beyond this season. I think they may be giving it a year at a time. But let's, you know, we'll see. Um, And also some skaters going on hiatus, like Papadakis and Cizeron are taking at least this season off. Yeah, I mean, and then we get the surprises, like Jason Brown (laughs) deciding to come back.
1: I think that was the big surprise of 2022 right there. (laughs) Yeah.
0: He hadn't really said what he was doing, but I think everyone just assumed he was retiring. Mm Mm-hmm. And then he just came back and decided to come to Nationals. It's like, okay. Yeah. So we talked, um, we did an interview with Jason. So if you guys want to check that out, we had a lot of fun talking Mm -hmm. to him about his season, plus the future and all the different things he's been doing. So um, you should definitely check that out.
1: Yeah. Well, you know, we talked about it being a normal season, the Grand Prix series, the grand prix final returning um was a highlight of 2022 I, you know we haven't had it in what three years and and it was just exciting too because of the performances at the final a lot of skaters were making history for their federations at the final and then during the series i mean luna hendricks daniel grossel um the pairs teams for italy it was just it was a really exciting Grand Prix series and a really exciting final as well. Um, you know, there were some surprising performances at the final, but it was nice just to have the final back because you have the series, you have the six events we didn't have for the past three years where the top skaters from those six events get to go head to head. Um, it just kind of the last um, few seasons, it just ended. And, um, So it was nice to have the final back to have that, you know, really good competition to end the series and to end the, as what I say, it's the end of the um, fall season as we approach the second half of the season. So I was glad the final was back.
0: Me too. One of the programs that stood out to me this season was one that it, it might not be for everyone, but I love the concept behind Yuko Arahara and Juho Perinen's free dance. It's kind of like a sailor and a mermaid, but to me, it's more of a siren um, that you hear about in like sea shanties. I think their music guy started talking about it first, then the choreographer, and then it all started to come out. And getting to see it finally when they competed it for the first time this season, really enjoyed it. I like those abstract avant-garde you know off the beaten path programs and so that really stood out to me um another another thing that stood out to me is all the new faces we got to see on the senior grand prix series um isabella vito of course moved up to senior ilia malinin um the rise of italy in pairs and men is definitely a highlight the fact that they have depth in both of those disciplines, I've enjoyed that so much because, mm-hmm. I mean, in the U.S., we can be a bit spoiled with depth in our disciplines. Mm-hmm. And so getting to see other countries start to really develop the, that depth, it's exciting.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, you said someone who was making their, um, Grand Prix debut, um... And I'm think I think fans are probably listening to this podcast right now and saying, "Well, why haven't you mentioned this one yet?" But Ilya Mullenin landing the quad axle. Now, first he does it at a competition in Lake Placid, the U.S. International yeah. Classic, where I want to say not a lot of people were there, but there was the people that were there got to witness history, and it you know they they made a bunch of noise and excitement and it was really cool and I know um Claire was there and she got to see it um and then of course we were all like okay he's gonna do it now at Skate America and of course we were both there for Skate America and I was seeing him warming up in practices and then when he does it oh Daphne (laughs) the reaction I was so (laughs) glad to be in that oh it was it's yeah (laughs) <laughs> what can you say
0: about it? Yeah. It's crazy. It's a definite memory for 2022. We were sitting in the seated tabled media section, which is where a lot of the journalists were sitting. I was not photographing the men's event. So I got to see that and then seeing Jackie Wong's <laughs> reaction to that, like the leaping and His reaction to a lot of things was so much fun. That was the first time that I had been in an area to actually sit and be able to watch him. And I think we took pictures, like we even took a photo of some of his reactions.
1: Yes. Because
0: it it was comical. You guys all know that Jackie does a lot of live tweeting and keeps it all straight. And it was just a moment to actually see him doing what he does and enjoying it. And so I really, I, I found that so exciting and fun.
1: Well, the noise and the excitement went on well after the quad axle was completed. I mean, he, uh, Ilya was on to his next element and it was still loud and exciting and being in a small venue like that, I think it just brought it out even more in the venue being, you know, packed, um, sold out crowds. It was just exciting. And I, and I, you know, another thing I remember was seeing everybody get their phones ready. Like they knew the moment (laughs) was coming. So everyone had their phones ready to go. And, um, now we as media were not allowed to be recording it, Um, you know, fans are really not actually supposed to be recording it either um, because that's um, copyright and NBC owns the rights to that as being the main broadcaster for Skate America. But but I know people wanted to have that moment captured. And so it was kind of cool to see I mean, I think the fans knew where it was going to come in the program, you know, where he was going to do it. But the phones that all got out and then just the reaction, <laughs> um, I think we, I, we're we going to see it in, in San Jose. So I hope the crowd gets really into it in San Jose and for, you know, some people who are you know who are from California and are on the west coast who weren't probably able to make it to Skate America with it being on the east coast will get the opportunity to see it in person as well so I'm glad Ilya has been doing it all season because a lot of people have gotten to see it whether you were at Lake Placid for the very first one or at Skate America or when he was out in Finland um for his second Grand Prix event, and at the Grand Prix final, um, you've people have gotten to see it, so that's been really cool that he's felt confident enough to do it every event this season. And um, who knows? Who knows? You know, maybe in twenty twenty three, we're not going to be talking about Ilia as the just in the quad axle. Maybe it's going to be somebody else also being the second person to land the quad excellent competition. So that's definitely been exciting. I know that was a lot of people's favorite moments of 2022 as well.
0: Yes. I want to draw attention a little bit to the Junior Grand Prix series and the junior level skaters. Um, So we haven't mentioned this because this podcast is about memorable moments and our favorite moments. I just want to mention something that changed the landscape, especially for Junior. And also for senior. Um, With the war in Ukraine, the Russian and Belarusian skaters were not allowed to compete. This created a very different look for our world championships, world junior championships. Without the Russians there especially, it kind of opened things up a bit. And still, Russia is... Not allowed to have skaters at competitions. I'm not bringing that up as a favorite or memorable moment. I'm just setting kind of the stage for the difference that we have seen over the past almost year of competitions without having them present at compet at events. Um, we saw a things looked very different on the junior landscape. In the in the women, we saw japan and korea kind of dominate um, events throughout the season especially with mao shimada in the pairs event we saw anastasia galubova and hector geotopolis moore of australia win the JGP final but also we had some new teams to that competition kayla smith and andy deng and sophia barham daniel tomentsev of the u.s rounded out the podium but there were also teams from Japan, Ukraine and Canada that were there as well. Um in ice dance, this was and this is kind of um it's it's different because for the first time in 5 or 6 years a US team did not qualify for the junior grand prix final. It's a kind of a rebuilding year for ice dance at junior with the Browns and um Wolf, Kostin, and Chen moving up to senior. However, um, the junior dance event, N- Nadia Bashinska and Peter Beaumont of Canada, of course, taking the title. But this team from Czech Republic, Katerina Moraskova and Daniel Moracek, who have not been ice dancing that long, but are with, I guess, the right coach for them, because Matteo Zani is doing a great job bringing them to... Um, to be very competitive fortunately some mistakes at JGP final cost them from being in the gold medal hunt they did get a bronze but then again as we've talked about there has been this big surge of firsts for countries um Han Lim and Ye Kwan this season first gold medal for Korean ice dance team at the JGP first medal at the JGP final for Korea um it's just huge and in the men's event we talked about nikolai memela and how he's just been surging this season he was the lone um non-us or japan participant at the final um, and he did walk away with winning the title we saw Kao Miura, who was at the junior level, surging into senior this year and doing great at his Grand Prix events. It's just, it's been an interesting year where things look very different, but there still have been a lot of accomplishments. Um, Soto Yamamoto, who injuries have kept him from skating his best for the last few years, coming in and winning a silver medal at the Grand Prix Final, I just, yeah, I wanted to just bring up the difference in how things look this in 2022 and how some skaters have capitalized on an opportunity to have great performances and win medals. So Gina, I have just one more that I want to mention, and it's kind of a big one. We haven't had a lot of time to really process it yet. But I think Skate Canada updating the definition of team for pairs and ice dance to a team consists of two skaters is probably one of the biggest moments of 2022.
1: Yes, definitely. And I think that's what we're going to we're going to see that really come to fruition in 2023 and seeing where, you know, how that all plays out and if anybody else is to, you know, follow suit. Um, whether the U.S., other federations, the ISU. So yeah, that was a, it was a big news uh, maker for 2022. Definitely, it was. Well, one other big news maker of 2022, um, definitely was with the ISU Congress. A lot of things came out of the ISU Congress, but the big one was definitely the age change this season again, it's, it hasn't really changed, but going into next season, um, we're moving up from 15 to 16 and then going to 17 the following season, um, which it's, it's making a big impact. We're hoping that this will, you know, what we saw at the Olympics with this age change, hopefully this won't happen. Um, but then again, course we had this discussion during our pairs panel regarding how this plays out for pairs and dance teams where there is the you know a little of an age gap between the male partner and the female partner and having you know especially aging out of junior but not being um eligible to compete in senior yet and what will this mean for teams and we talked about sonia Barum and Daniel Tumensev, where there is that age gap, they are ineligible for uh, juniors next season, but are not old enough to compete senior internationally because Sonia's still too young. You know, it's an interesting thing. We were, I think... We were very happy that it, you know, that there was a change that was made, especially again, with everything that happened at the Olympics. But there was then, oh, we didn't realize what this would mean for pairs and dance and with the age gaps between the partners, the two partners. And so, um, so we'll just, you know, but have to wait and see if there's how this will all play out going forward. But yeah, that was a big, big thing that came out of the ISU Congress, and that was just something um, for 2022. I don't think I've ever paid close attention to the ISU Congress like I did this year. Um, that was an interesting just to follow along with that um, and you know, and hearing how decisions are made and in the different committees and things like that. It was kind of cool. And we have a new ISU president as well that came out of the ISU Congress, too. So, yeah, that was a big thing that happened in 2022.
0: Yeah, we were lucky enough to get to interview Susanna Rocamo, who was one of the candidates. There were two women candidates running for president of the ISU, which was a wonderful Mm -hmm. they were both from the figure skating side uh we got to talk to her and she really laid out some of the work that goes on with the developmental committee and i want to have her back on to talk more about some of the work that's going on at the isu i think it's always good to hear from someone who's involved in that
1: yeah give us a little update on what's you know what's happening over at the isu because that congress doesn't happen every year like it does and um so it might be just you know interesting to learn what what they're working on what they're talking about what they're discussing you know what what we can expect coming down the pipeline that sort of thing so yeah
0: yeah so gina let's move on to some of what our listeners submitted So do you want to take the first
1: one? Yeah, we got quite a few, and so we were very happy about that. Um, And it was the reason why we pulled this out is a separate episode. We were just going to do it as our regular episode, just a little, you know, look back on 2022, but we've gotten so many good, you know, memorable moments that we made it our own special episode. So here we go. Marco Mitchell um, told us on Twitter that his three favorite moments was Gabrielle Papadakis and Gillian Cizeron winning Olympic gold. Of course, yes, that was. And then they won their fifth world championships. And if we remember correctly where the world championships was in 2022, it was in France. So they got to win their fifth world championships um, in front of a home crowd. Yes. So two, to, you know, definitely memorable moments of 2022. This one was interesting that Marco sent, um, but we shouldn't, I shouldn't be surprised by it because we had a lot of engagements and marriages in 2022. We were mentioning those quite a bit on our podcast, but Alyssa Sisney. Especially in the summer, remember? Yes, yes, definitely. Well, here was one. This is a memorable moment for Marco. I don't know if he was a little heartbroken or not, but Alyssa Sisney and Kurt Browning getting married. I don't know if Alyssa was his heartthrob or Kurt was his heartthrob. Um, but yeah, that was, um, one of his memorable moments. And then Alexa Kinnearm and Brandon Frazier winning worlds and America's first world Paris title in 43 years. And Nathan Chen was Olympic champion. So yes, all great memorable moments there.
0: So Jennifer Como submitted the following Jason Brown's short program at nationals divine Mm -hmm. chalk and Bates free dance at the Olympic team event. All of us going nuts (laughs) in Norwood when Ilya did the, the quad axle. Yes, Jennifer, that was huge. (laughs) So we in Han winning Olympic gold again, another amazing performances. Um, so exciting for them and the entire men's short program event at U S nationals, such a great event.
1: Yes. Yes. I remember they all were skating really well at that event. And then of course, you know, you mentioning the Olympics, we didn't really mention the Olympics too much in our memorable moments because we knew all of you would mention the Olympics. So, um, so it's good to, you know, remember these special Olympic moments, Ruthie Wilson sent us about Ilya Mullenin's quad axle. Of course. Yes. And then she wrote about Alexa and Brandon winning the silver medal. I believe she meant the grant at the grand prix final. She didn't say where, but I'm assuming that was the grand prix final when they did win the silver medal, um, just a couple of weeks ago.
0: Yes. And Ryan Stevens, who we just had on the podcast, um, He sent us the following, Nathan Chen winning Olympic gold, Luna Hendricks making history as the first Belgian skater to medal at Worlds. I think we could go on for days if we (laughs) talked about all the firsts that happened this year. Yes. British ice skating hosting its first Grand Prix event. We hope they get to do it again. British audience deserves to have events like this held there. Um, I think that was pretty... Apparent. Um, Piper Gillis and Paul Poirier's Avita free dance, Lila Fear and Lewis Gibson's Born This Way free dance, and Jason Brown's Melancholy.
1: Yes, and those three programs we'll be seeing in 2023 because um, those are yes. the fall of programs. So we'll get to see more of those programs in the new year. Well, Pivot Black on Twitter told us that Denis Vasiliev's Europeans free skate was their favorite moment of 2022.
0: Lena on Twitter says, Ilya Skate America Quad Axle in the cheering after. Ah, the energy. (laughs) It just gives me chills thinking of the energy. The the, the eruption after. I'm surprised he could finish the program. I know. How jazzed up the
1: crowd was. I know, like I think I would have been done after that, and just like, okay, I did it. I'm done. Not doing the rest of my program, and just l- enjoying that moment. But even though know, it was the first element out, and he had a rest of his program to finish doing, so yeah. Well, I want to apologize with this. I'm not sure where it came from. I saw, I saw the comment, and then I put it in into our show document, and then I never put who it was from. So I apologize. But they wrote, my favorite mem- memories are from watching Alexa Kinnear and Brandon Fraser last year's program to fix you, which literally brought me to happy tears every time they took the ice. This year's short and long programs on the Grand Prix circuit, the costumes are so unique, especially they're short to stranger things, separate ways, love watching them perform and they just keep getting better.
0: They are another one that no one was really sure what they were going to do. And then they stayed. Yes. So I'm glad that we get another season of them because I do, I do agree. I think they're, they're really coming into their own. Um, And I love their Stranger Things short program because I love Stranger Things. and I just (laughs) think the music is fantastic and the costuming, I agree, is great.
1: Yeah, you know, after Worlds, I thought, okay, they won the World Championship. They were probably going to step away and and pursue other things. And um, no, they're still competing, and they're still making history along the way with every performance they're, you know, competing this season, you know, with winning, you know, Grand Prix events and winning the silver at the Grand Prix Final.
0: And speaking of that, I mean... Think of the first that Riku Miura and Ryuchi Kahara, again, beautiful skaters, first win for a Japanese pair at the Grand Prix Final. First wins at Grand Prix. Oh. It's just, yeah, it's been a season of firsts for so many athletes that we have to celebrate that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But we have reached the end of our favorite moments of 2022. I know we're missing them. I know as soon as we log off and are done recording, I'm going to remember three or four that we have missed. So totally. we apologize <laughs> for any that um that we missed. You know it. This is just what was on our mind when we were putting things together today, and yeah. So, yeah, yeah, if we did miss something, you can tweet at us and let us know what we missed. Yes. That's, that, that's totally okay. But Gina, can you let folks know where they can find us so they can send us a message?
1: Yes, you can find us at our website. It's thisweekinskating.com. On social media, Twitter, it's at thiswkinskating. And Facebook and Instagram, it's thisweekinskating. And as we said, if we missed... A moment of 2022 that we should have mentioned. Um, again, we we just put this together um, within the past couple of days, and trying to remember a whole year's worth of programs and events and competitions and all of that stuff—it's a lot to try to remember. Um, hopefully, next year we'll we'll do a better job of, of writing things down. But you know, if so, again, if you've got something. That you think we missed, let us know. You can let us know on social media or you can send us an email at thisweekinskatinggmail.com. We
0: really appreciate all the support that we've received via email and social media. Uh, please, as we said, let us know if we missed something that you think we should have said. We're happy to read it on a future podcast. But with that, Gina, we have reached the end of our special episode of our favorite moments of 2022 thanks for listening i'm daphne and i'm gina and you've been listening to this week in skating
1: have a great week and happy new year